to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Zar. All right, before we get kicked off today, um, we need to start off by talking a little bit about the Smash Tournament, don't we, Zar? Yes, yes. We didn't have an, ex- an episode last week. Uh, we were figuring some things out, and the timing just wasn't right. We were originally going to hit a December 17th tournament date, but now that has been pushed back to January 21st. Okay. So... Expect uh, a lot more advertisements coming out for that, and expect a lot more news. We'll have things figured out then, and yeah, stay tuned on that front. You know, I, I'm really excited about pushing the date back, actually, because it's just time for more registrations, get the word out there more, more advertising. But I think the thing I'm most excited about is reaching out more to the Omaha community, you know, get into those game stores that love to talk about the stuff that's happening in the community. Just hit them up. Put up the posters, you know, get people really excited. Absolutely. And I mean, we really kind of came to a consensus that this happened very quickly. Like, from conception of, hey, we kind of want to put on a Smash tournament to actually putting on a Smash tournament was not a lot of time. No. And so we just needed to take a step back and we understood that putting on a successful event, especially a Smash event, which the community loves this game you want to do it right right i 100 percent agree so we'll put out more about that on twitter we'll talk about more on the podcast but for now we're pushing that bad boy back to what'd you say january 21st 21st all right good still at the hail varsity club in omaha nebraska all right this is a weird day for a few different reasons so we're going to be talking about pokemon violet and scarlet right now this is the first time that I've ever tried to record something while also drinking. <laughs> I'm in two beers right now. And we are I two, feel good. Two beers deep, and then we're getting silly over I here. Silly, loosey goosey. Oh, yeah, we're this is all. Great. <laughs> yeah. You should always do this. This is amazing. What are you drinking? Uh, I am a basic bitch with just a Bud Light over here. Okay. I okay. mean, it's just the classic, you know, nice light beer sandwich in a can. You know, when it comes to light beer, Bud Light, I always felt like, can I even say that? I you know, then Plus, that's not even true. I'm a Miller Light guy. Yeah. When it no, comes to light beer. Yeah, no, we can say that. It's just, it's a go-to. It's a go-to. Uh, Miller Light, I, my Lincoln friends got me hooked on that stuff. I felt like the light beer, like, oh my, sh- shotgunning? My, like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's easy to shotgun. My brother absolutely loves Miller Light, which is really funny because my dad detests it. So it's really funny us as Americans, the conversations we have about light beer as if it fucking matters. <laughs> like, right. Like every other country in the world is like light beer. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is light beer? <laughs> All right. And I'm over here having something made right here in good old Omaha, Nebraska, right? Hey, From Cross local. Drain Brewery. Yeah. Drink local. Indeed. The rules don't apply. Hefeweizen. Now, are you familiar with the Hefeweizen? Um, it's a fun name. <laughs> it is a fun name. It's a German honey beer. Ooh. Yeah. 
It's a weird taste. I made you try a little bit before this. I did. I did have a sip, and it is. It is a very odd taste, and it's really good. Like it's it's, it's not bitter. It's not sweet. It's kind of that middle area that just really makes a good beer. All right. All right. So. I'm going to skip over what games we're playing because it's really obvious what the two of us are playing. <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet. Yes. Now, we usually have these game reviews. We're going a little bit off script today, and I don't know about you, Zar, but when we're talking about a game like Pokemon where it's so been there, it's so done that, let's just do a nice, simple, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. What do you think about that? Hell yes. I love a good Good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> a good, good, I'm the bad, in, the ugly. I'm usually in the ugly category. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what's really interesting about this Pokemon game. But, but before I ask anything, I want to ask you, where are you in the game? Okay, so, and I, I kind of want to preface the preface. Preface. I kind of want to preface this you're by o- saying... <laughs> you're only a beer and a half in, brother. <laughs> oh, no. It's a fun day. Um... I, I feel like Pokemon news is always topical, but also very spoiler-free. Like, it's right. really hard to spoil Pokemon, and we're not going to try to spoil Pokemon here. But I just want to start off by saying nothing here is really a spoiler. You got to collect eight, eight badges. Go be a Pokemon master. That's every Pokemon game except for Sun and Moon. Uh, you know what? I mean, for the most part, I think that's true to a degree. And actually, that's what I'm going to talk about here in a little while with this game. But, you know, up past to the Pokemon League, it's so fucking been there, done that, right? Yes. Um, It's everything that happens after the Pokemon League is actually really fucking good story. Ooh, that's interesting. I will leave that alone. One, because I know that you're still going through it. But you are, it's, yes, really, so, it's so great because you're right, but you're wrong. To go back and answer your question, um, I have beaten two gyms. Uh, I don't remember what the first gym is, but then the second one was the electric one uh, with the streamer. The professional streamer is the oh, gym leader. Fucking guy, yeah. Yeah. That fucking uh, gal. That was weird. Uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, other than that, I have beaten two Titans. Uh, my niece actually beat one of the Titans for me. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, and then I have cleared one Team Starbase. And I was I just started a second Team Starbase this morning, but I ran in with the wrong Pokemon type and got my shit rocked. Okay. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen. I was real frustrated about it. Okay, so... We're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, so let's jump in. Now, I know we're doing the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's the problem with doing that with this game. There is some glaring issues that, of course, have become a meme regarding this game and how it looks and how it works. So before we get into the good stuff, yeah, you know what I mean? It's the cyberpunk (laughs) of Nintendo. It really, it's got, he's even almost got naked T-posing. I haven't seen that, but that's troublesome. <laughs> it's not naked T-posing, but like absent player T-posing, I suppose, would be the term. So let's get it. Uh, let's start with the ugly, right? Because I feel like we need to address the elephant in this room regarding this game before we get into what makes this game awesome. Well, it's the big news about this game. Like, it's it's the bad that everyone's talking about. Right. And of course we're referring to the glitches, the bugs, the frame rate drops, oh, the frame rate. Yeah, it's it's not good. Like from 
15 yards of distance from player, it looks like the original trailer of Pokemon Arceus we saw with the five frame oh, rate Jesus, Chingling. That was awful. And it, it it is that, though. It is so bad. So it, it's really weird because I've heard some speculation as to, okay, look, this is Game Freak we're talking about here, right? Pokemon is the highest grossing fucking franchise that exists more than Star Wars right? More than Marvel, more than all of that shit, Pokemon. And yet when we get these mainline fucking games, we're talking about glitches. We're talking about frame rate drops. That just 100% should not, unexcusable, shouldn't exist. Not only just like frame rate drops, it is expected and consistent frame rate drops. Yes. Like no matter where you are at, you will see these frame rate drops. It is not if, but when. So I guess the first question I want to ask for you, Czar, is I guess, number one, are you surprised at how buggy and awful it looked? And then to follow that, like, why do you think it is that way? I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised because, I mean, Arceus was a rather big endeavor for Niantic as well. Sword and Shield wasn't without its problems Niantic either. Niantic just does Pokemon Go, right? Um, was, was it Game Freak that made You're Pokemon right, Arceus? you're right. Yes, I okay. misspoke there. Niantic is the uh, mobile game. Uh, game Freak is the main publisher of this game and developer of this game. Um, well, I guess the publisher would be Nintendo. Regardless. I, I, know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're saying. We know what you're saying. Hopefully the listeners do too. Um, I, I'm not really surprised because it's, this is horrible, but a Nintendo game. It does not have the capacity for how ambitious this game is to perform flawlessly. Like, this world is big. There are very few load times unless you're going, like, into a building or into a city. Right. And so how do you maintain all of these moving pieces in a game where the hardware is not quite as up to snuff as modern consoles today are? Um, See, I don't know if they would be able to fix that, though. See, so here's the thing, is uh, because, like, uh, you're right, this has been one of the things that have been talked about the most about this game. The bugs, the glitches, the frame rates. It's one of the things that have been talked about the most, and a lot of people have pointed to the hardware, right? Well, like, oh, oh, well, this is just a Switch issue, right? It's just... Well, I don't think it's necessarily a Switch issue. I think it is a cartridge uh, digital download. Like, it is within game. Correct. But I just don't think that if they were to optimize it within game, the Switch would be able to run it. I I disagree with that because think of Zelda. Think of Breath of the Wild. Zelda even had those frame rate drops, though, too. But it was so much more rare. And, of course, we're not just talking about the frame rate drop issues. It's the glitches. It's the bug. It's people coming in and coming out. It's, you know... Especially in a game that's open world, which this game is. Absolutely. It is a true open world game. Right. Not pseudo open world, open world. Like being able to see far, right? Being able to see far, see ahead, see those things that catches your interest and make you walk over there to see what the fuck it is. That's what an open world game is all about. So when you have these different issues, like it takes you out of the experience. What I was kind of getting to, though, is, like, I've seen a lot of people point to Breath of the Wild and go, okay, look, optimization is the name of the game here, right? Like, yeah, it's true. The Switch doesn't have as sophisticated of hardware as other gaming consoles. But if it's optimized correctly, that shouldn't matter. 
So what that leads to us believing is, okay, it's not that it's Nintendo's fault here. To some point, right? It's just to some degree. To some degree, it's almost always <laughs> Nintendo's fault. Don't get me wrong, but it's the optimization. What do you think? Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, it it absolutely does come down to optimization. And throwing an, another wrench into this mix, um, the field of view is very minimal. Like even with the frame rate in the distance, like all those problems, it's still, you have to get close to a group of Pokemon for them to pop up and actually see them. Otherwise, you're just looking at a grassy field. Right. And so it's really confusing to me if they are maximizing on, like, the performance of this game by despawning things out of sight, depending on player distance, why are there still frame rate issues when those things do come into the player's field of view? Correct. 100%. So, I guess on top of just these optimization issues that we've been having, I think another interesting part of the conversation is to ask ourselves, this is the biggest franchise that has ever existed. Why is it that they can't just take the time to optimize this game? I heard a really interesting point about this. Think about it from Nintendo's perspective. They have toys lined up for Christmas. They have cards lined up for Christmas. All of these different things that depend upon the game coming out on time, right? Which makes perfect sense, especially since it's right before the holidays. So basically, it's almost like you don't have a choice. You have to release the game how it is, no matter how buggy, glitchy, unoptimized it may be, because until you do that, you can't put the cards out. You can't put... The, the anime can't move forward, right? The, the mobile game can't move forward. Like, the mobile game has a, a bunch of events for this. Gimme Ghoul was released into Pokemon Go. Was it already? Yes. Um, wow. Very limited. I did not get my hands on a Gimme Ghoul, but it was uh, shortly after one of their events. I think it was Pokemon Go Fest, the, the end tale of it. Um, for a brief three-hour period, players would be able to spawn golden Pokemon stops, and they would get a Gimme Ghoul coin. And then you would have a Gimme Ghoul treasure chest following you around until you clicked on it. Interesting. Very okay. limited time. I wish I could have gotten my hands on it, but I am lazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the vein of Game Freak and how massive they are and like needing to hit these deadlines, this kind of goes back to a question we answered on one of our previous segments, answering gaming's biggest questions. Yeah. Is it right for developers to meet these deadlines and put out an unfinished product only to know, as uh, like players know, that they will fix it along the way? Does that justify getting an incomplete product on launch? 100% it doesn't. I mean, like, does it justify getting an incomplete product? No, it doesn't. You know, like I was bringing up those points earlier about the cards not being able to release and about the anime, Pokemon Go, everything like that. It's the explanation, but that doesn't mean that I'm giving it the pass, if that makes sense. Like, nonetheless, you're still Pokemon, and if the reason why you're handing out an unoptimized game is for the sake of being able to sell toys and cards, like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about your bottom line. You're, sell- you're selling an unfinished product. Yeah, and I mean, to that extent... Weeks before this game came out, we basically knew what all of the new Pokemon were because Pokemon always releases right. on Twitter just like, hey, here's Wiglet, hey, here's uh, Palmy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we knew what they were, so why not be able to release the cards and the toys if we know what's coming? 
yeah. just like take some more time to optimize. So I think when it comes to talking about the ugly of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it's just I will say that it is so unbelievably unfortunate that it, in a what is actually an amazing game and a huge step in the right direction for Pokemon is underneath this veil of just, like, mediocre optimization and execution. And memes and jokes. Yeah. It's really become kind of the butt of all gaming jokes currently. Because, like, we'll talk about this when we get into the good, but, I mean, Beyond That is a really good Pokemon game. Fantastic Pokemon game. Like, one of the best I've ever played. But that's why it's called The Ugly, and that's why we can't, like, look past that, because it's like, look, we think this is unacceptable. We see why a lot of people would be turned away by these issues. And we can't, on Nintendo's part, ask people to look past those and buy the game anyway, because it's so glaring. It is. It's it's right in players' faces. You're not going to be able to ignore it. But, I mean, that's also not to discredit how much fun we're having, which is where we get into the good. Yep. And with that, is there anything else you want to say about the ugly? I don't like starting with the ugly, but... And I feel like we've hit on a lot of the ugly. Um, other notable differences are like how you said earlier with uh, the players being able to invade your world and it just gets really choppy and wonky. Like you could be having the most epic Pokemon battle of your life and some Jagoff rolls in and just yes! starts walking in between yes! you and the other Pokemon. That's even with the NPCs, too, I've noticed. Yes. Like, they'll just, like, I, I noticed it when I was in one of the cities. Is like, I'm having this fucking Pokemon battle. And all of a sudden, this little girl's just eating an ice cream cone. Just la 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 la. Just, right just the... strolls through and gets blasted by your fire blast. I know most other players probably was just like, fuck it. But I actually waited for her to pass. Before <laughs> like a... All other players were like, ooh, mash the attack. Mash the yeah, attack. Attack like, fire, now. Fire blast this bitch. <laughs> You're just like. Watch for pedestrians. <laughs> it's like, oh no, mind not, the crosswalk. We're not doing anything over here that's important or whatever. Just go ahead, go for it. Oh no, I'm not trying to get my eighth gym badge over here. No, you finish your ice cream. Please sit down right in the middle of the battle. <laughs> all right. Anything else for the ugly? No, I think we've pretty much covered it all. Yeah, <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> and then some. It's uh, it's pretty brutal, and like I said, it's such a shame because beneath that ugliness we have a damn good game let's let's talk about what we liked about pokemon scarlet and pokemon violet all right and this will be a fun topic because there is so much to love here there is i there's so much okay so i know you're never going to be able to find it but do you remember i don't even know if we were in this studio or if it was still when we were recording remotely but do you remember me describing to you what my perfect pokemon game would look like i do remember but remind our listeners what, uh, just to summarize what I said, I basically said that my perfect Pokemon game is you spawn in, like, the middle of the map, and then you're free to go wherever. You can go in whatever direction you want. You can go start wherever you want. There's no, like, set list for the gyms. You go to w whatever you want, right? I did notice that. There is no direct order to do these gyms. That's what I'm saying, though, is, like... I don't know if they listen to Game T, dude, but, like, they took... They went with a lot of what I said. Oh, Nintendo and Game Freak definitely be listening to Game T. Let's oh, be yeah, real. Oh, yeah, 100%. Let's be real. Yeah. All right, so... It's so interesting to with the good, because I genuinely think there's so much good to talk about. But let's start by talking about the characters. Okay. So, you know how it is. Like, with your character... 
you are no name, speechless protagonist, <laughs> given basically the same dialogue choices. You're not making a yes or no answer. Right. You're making two different yes answers. And look, I understand why they do that. Um, it doesn't necessarily offend me that they're doing it. Offend might be the wrong word, but it, it doesn't take <laughs> away from my experience that they do it that way. I get why the nameless, faceless protagonist is a mechanic. It's because you're supposed to be able to put yourself in the shoes. So yeah, that's why Pokemon games have always relied so heavily on like the other characters that you get to meet in this world. And from that perspective, I think they did a really stellar job of creating actually interesting characters. Yes. Now there is actually a point to talk with people around you. Like the main characters of this game influence you heavily and are really interesting with how they do it. Like everyone has kind of a weird quirk to them. That's, mm -hmm. that's really mm -hmm. unique. And in fact, let's talk about some of that because I've been on TikTok, I've been on Twitter a lot lately. Everybody is obsessed with Nimona. <laughs> which which one is is she? That's the I'm we're gonna battle girl. Oh, your rival? Yeah. Okay. Quote unquote rival, but you know the one yeah. who's just obsessed with battling and kind of like in Sword and Shield, the person who lived up the lane and picked the dumb Pokemon choice according to whatever you picked. Yeah. So. It's really interesting talking about an interesting character because I know that sounds one note. It's like Nimona's like, oh, the rival that likes to battle. That's so original. We've never seen that before. <laughs> Not since the 90s. So later in the game, you figure out that Nimona's parents are actually like the owners slash founders of this really like this like um, computer company or something like that. And Nimona's like this spoiled little rich girl, but she didn't want to be the spoiled little rich girl. So she oh. became a Pokemon trainer to kind of make her own path and go forward. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? No, that is really interesting. I wonder, and like not getting into spoiler territory, I'm not at this point in the game, but just a little speculation here. I wonder if they have anything to do with the Slifco. The Slipco? Oh my God, Silfco. Silfco, Yes. That's interesting. All the way back from Red and Blue. Yeah, that is a throwback. Yeah, no, I mean, nah, no spoilers here. But no spoilers. That's an interesting. No that's an interesting take. Um, I, I, I like, I like Nimona's character. I just am really confused uh, about how ever since Sword and Shield, your rival picks the opposite Pokemon, like the Pokemon that is weak to your type. And recently like, it changed. Yeah, that was that was in Sword and Shield is when it changed. Your rival would take the weak type Pokemon. Which is interesting. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter because as you build your team, like how often is like my starter going to go against your starter anyway? Well, and it was really a bigger issue in earlier games because like, you know, red and blue they pick. You, you pick Squirtle. He picks Bulbasaur. You got to fight him when he's got a Venusaur before right. you go to the championship road. And you can't get past him. Like, yeah. you have to fight him. And that sucks when you're type disadvantage. In this game, I have missed the fight with Nimona so many times because I can't fucking find her. Oh, <laughs> no, always, dude, go, go to the gym. She'll find you. Yeah, you go to the gym and she's like, hey, I'll meet you for a battle. And I go out of the gym. And I'm like, where the fuck you go? <laughs> it's funny because it's the opposite issue we've had in random past Pokemon games where it's like, 
finally, I made it to the end of this cave, about to exit, and then all of a sudden comes your fucking asshole rival to battle you when half your team has fainted, the other half has status condition issues. And he's got type advantage. (laughs) And then you get your happy ass sent back to town and have to go through that cave again. (laughs) Gary, you fucking... Gary, you asshole, at least let me heal. fucking twat. (laughs) I don't have any revives on me, man. Can't we do this, like, near the Pokemon Center that's five feet out of the exit of this cave? (laughs) So, Nimona, the other thing is, like, she's not just one known amongst the battling. She was so obsessed with becoming a good trainer that she surpassed everybody else at the Academy at such a, like, huge, like, it's not even close. Like, Nimona's just one of the top, like, by far. So, as you're progressing through and battling her through the story, she lets you know, like, hey, this isn't my actual team. I'm just trying to make you grow. I noticed that from the start of the game. She's like, well, it really wouldn't be fair for me to use my Pokemon, so I'm going to pick one of the starters that you didn't pick and train along with you. I think that's so cool. That builds, like, a bond of friendship there. Right. Like, I can stomp your ass, but I'm not going (laughs) to. So it's just like, you know, in Sword and Shield, we got Hop, and I never liked Hop. No, Hop was a little annoying. Hop was very eccentric and very willing to please anyone. Right. So Nimona, I I love Nimona. She's fun. And even when the time comes where she does go all out and you beat her, she's like, oh, my God, you did it. I finally have a rival that can actually compete with me. Let's battle again. Let's do it again. (laughs) I like Nimona. All right. Now there's two more. uh, Arvin. Arvin, is uh, he the original trainer of Meriden? Arvin is the gentleman with long hair that you meet in front of the lighthouse when you first get there. Yes. I don't know how much of his stuff you've done yet. See, I'm talking from the perspective of... He gives you the Titan quests, right? Yes. Okay. That's Arvin. Have you figured out why he's given you those quests? Yes, I have. Okay. It's it's very sad. We're going to avoid that because that's spoiler territory. But that that was... That's true. That is a very sad story, and I want to go beat all those Titans even more now. <laughs> you figure it out, like, especially end second game Titan. after. Second yeah. Titan, you figure out his intentions. Especially, like, after you've beaten the Elite Four and, like, you've won the quote-unquote Pokemon League. Like, <clears throat> it becomes a lot more apparent why he's doing what he's doing. Let me say this, though, because you're right. I can't get too much into it. Everything that happens after the Pokemon League regarding Arvin is so fucked up. Oh, so actually, he's end game. Yes, like the end game is all about Arvin's. Interesting. And it's really interesting because, again, it throws you for a loop, right? Where Arvin's introduced and he's an asshole (laughs) at first. And you're just like, oh, great. Another asshole rival kid. Like, we've seen this before a million times. But no, they take that mechanic and they make him interesting by introducing a story. Yes. Like, this is the first Pokemon game with like true side quests. I mean, I don't even know if you want to call them side quests because they all seem to affect the main story and your position as, you know, going on your treasure hunt. Technically, I guess Arceus has those side quests, but like a mainline Pokemon Yes, game. I mean, I, I guess we can't... We're going to discount Arceus. Ar- I say Arceus. I yes. d- didn't we argue about this we in did. our Arceus review? We did have an argument about phonetics here, but yes, in Pokemon Legends... I I think we can just take anything from that away because it's not a main title. So Arvin is difficult to talk about because, like, his story has a lot of spoilers and it is really sad. But, I mean, again, like, 
what I love about it is like Arvin at first seems like he's going to be a one note. Oh, he's just a pessimistic asshole. He did seem really sad and dopey. But no, he's got a really solid story. And in fact, the end game, which he's got has a reason for being sad. Yeah, the end game is actually it's got a twist. It's really good. You never see it coming. It's really sad. It all has to do with Arvin. Well, it's good that the end game isn't just go to battle tower. <laughs> yeah. No, and in fact, like, they do introduce something like the Battle Tower, which is, like, you can initiate a tournament at your little academy whenever you want, and that's kind of like their equivalent. Mm. But. I mean, every every Pokemon game, at least main title, has that Battle Tower at the end mm. game. All right, so you got Nimona, you've got Arvin. What about Penny? Penny? I don't know if I've met blue, Penny yet. Blue red hair girl. I don't think I've met her yet. I, so I you thought you were going to talk about someone else. Clavel? No, Clive. Shut the fuck up. Oh, I was hoping for that. Yes, perfect execution. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a minute. That's my my favorite gag in the game. Oh, that's great. Okay, so Penny is the girl that initiates that quest with Clive, where you're taking down all of these Team Star. Okay, okay, I know who you're talking about now. So without getting too much into spoilers. Eevee Backpack. The Eevee Backpack Girl. Eevee Backpack. You meet her right when you get into the town. So, again, her... Now, I think Penny's the only character where it's... She was intriguing from the start. She didn't seem super one-note from the start. Because she is a part of the Academy. Which, by the way, the Academy... Um, it's about Pokemon, but there's different, like, branches you can go. Like, she's a part of the STEM program. Nimona's part of, like, the Humanities program, which is technically what you're a part of as well, which I found really interesting. Huh. So where do you take the math class? Because I hate that class. STEM. So (laughs) avoid STEM. So, interestingly enough, Penny um, is a student at the school, and without getting too much into spoilers, what you start to find out about her is that she has had a huge issue with bullying. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I can't get too much into it because of spoilers, but like a huge thing with Penny and her quests is you learn about bullying and the way that it affects students because you eventually find out that bullying is actually a somewhat big problem at this academy. Huh. And her quests actually entail you like receiving backstories of all these different people and bullying and how it turned them into who they are and like why it's so awful. When have we actually ever received a moral in a Pokemon game? A moral in an animal fighting simulator? In a game about animal cruelty. (laughs) About dog fighting, yes. It does seem like it's about time. Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) But no, you you make a lot of good points there. And like, even when you meet Penny for the first time, it's, it's a situation about bullying. And you're forced with the choice of, should I help or should I not help? And I think that adds such a depth to this world and gives it the immersion and just makes it feel real because now we're not getting nameless, faceless people in the Pokemon games. We're getting people with real problems and like interesting dialogue. And I know you haven't gotten to this part of the game yet, but I got to say they really did a good job of pandering in this Pokemon game, especially with Penny (laughs) because she has some crazy dialogue at the end of the game. Like, uh, the dire- director Clavel or whatever his name is like has, has her do something for her and she's like I've got a lot of anime to catch up on she literally says that oh my she literally says that yes there are so many notions of like modern takes in this game about like 
streaming and like smartphones and like got to catch up on my anime. I got it. I fought a yeah. te- I fought a team Starbase uh, earlier today, and they're like, "Oh shit." We can't fight you right now because everyone was up staying up late playing video games, so they're still asleep. Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember like, oh. Oh? I can relate to that. That's relatable. Can I join? (laughs) (laughs) Can I join? Round two, everybody. So, I don't know. When, When all of this comes together, what you see is that, like, on the surface, yeah, a few of these characters, like, it feels like the been there, done that Pokemon game. There's depth. And that is something they have rarely added to a Pokemon game before. True. True. It's crazy. I I genuinely mean it. Like, I had a lot of fun learning about all of the characters, and I've never had that in a Pokemon game before. Legends Arceus? I can't tell you. Like, you remember the two weird peeps that were, like, the side quest characters in that game? I can only tell you the professor because he had the dopest hat ever. And he did have a dope hat. You can't (laughs) deny that. That was a dope hat. All right, so we've kind of already given tidbits about it by talking about the characters, the story. Now, the academy itself tells all of its students to go out and find, quote-unquote, their greatest treasure, right? Whatever the fuck that is. Now, obviously, as someone who's been playing JRPGs for a long time, the answer is friendship. (laughs) We all knew that from the start. That's not a spoiler. We're going on a treasure hunt. But nonetheless, this is where it starts to get interesting because, as you've mentioned, through those three main characters, you get three different storylines of quests to accomplish, right? Rather extensive branches on those quests, too. Yeah. So, regarding the story, story, it is a been-there-done-that Pokemon game, right? So, Namona's quote-unquote line of story is, you beat the gyms, you go to the Elite Four, you become a champion. Yes, the cut-and-dry mainline Pokemon shtick we've seen time and time again. Exactly. Um, What did you think? Like, did you feel like it was been there, done that? Was there anything that was added to that? that You're like, okay, this is different. Well, this game, these two games, really, uh, Scarlet and Violet seem to borrow some aspect from every previous Pokemon game. And this is kind of... I would still put it in the good, but leaning towards the bad. I didn't like the gym battles, hmm, or at really? least I had, I haven't liked the gym battles that I've come to. Because, you know, you don't just get to battle the gym leader. You no. got some stupid th- mission you got to do beforehand. No, go find the sun, Flora. Play hide and seek with this guy. It's like, just fucking fight me. That's your job. You haven't even gotten to my favorite one yet, which is navigate <laughs> a giant green bean through a maze. <laughs> Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Like, let me crawl through your gym, fight 12 of your lackeys, and then get to you. Here's my thing. If this is a poke, if this is open world Pokemon, the challenge is getting here. There's mountains in the way. Yeah. I had to find a way to get here. Yeah. You're up in the fucking snowy mountains, dude. I had to get here. There's one path to you, and I had to fight level 50 Pokemon to get there. Exactly. Like, that is now the challenge. And you want me to make a snowman now? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. It just seems like some. It's like when a teacher gives you busy work. It really is. And they're like, oh, this is going to be on the test. Just like, God fucking damn it. This crossword puzzle is going to be on the test? <laughs> and then, of course, you beat the eight gyms. Now, what I do appreciate is that you can go to the gyms in any order you want to. Technically? Technically. 
But they actually introduced real RPG mechanics where it's like, you as the player will know if you're not supposed to be here yet, when literally everything is clapping your cheeks. Yeah, I came across that once. Um, at the very beginning, right after you go on the treasure hunt, it, it's like, Nomona wants you go west, but Ar- Arlo? Arla? <laughs> yeah. Ar- Arlane? <laughs> I told Arlen, Arlen. Arlen wants you to go to the east. I went to the west first, and I got my shit rocked by, huh? like, level 50 Pokemon. But that's how the way it should be, because you have the freedom, if you really want to, to figure out how to get through that. Yeah, you don't have to fight the trainers, you don't have to fight the Pokemon, or you can, you know, strategically fight things. Exactly. Type advantage, item usage. Exactly. There's so much fucking freedom. Yeah. It, it actually got to the point, I forgot to battle the grass gym leader. So, like, <laughs> just strolled right oh, through yeah. the town. I had gotten, like, six badges, so I went up to him. <laughs> fucked his shit up. Like, <laughs> I think that was the artist guy. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, you got to find the sunflora for the guy. And oh, such. that fucking mission! It was so dumb. Just fucking fight me, guy. <laughs> so I'll give credit where it's due. Game Freak really actually tried to like mix up like the traditional poke get to the Pokemon League story a little bit. But I'm gonna be honest. Like the, the places where I had the most fun was through the other two storylines. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun through those, um, especially Team Star. I like how it's not the... So that's Penny's storyline, so yeah. let's talk about that. How much right. have you done so far of it? Um, well, there's, I think, four bases, and I've done one, got my shit rocked at a second one, because I did not go in typed right. Yep. It was uh, the Poison Group, and I naturally picked Sprigato as my Pokemon. Yeah, naturally. Fucking weed cat. <laughs> oh, Dope Cat is live. Dope Cat has the best move I have ever seen spe- specific to a Pokemon. Yeah, you said that. What was the move? Um, It is called Flower Trick, and it never misses and is always a critical hit. How the fuck is that fair? It's not. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's a great move. But yeah, so I like the depth that they add to, you know, your typical Team Rocket grunts. Like, yeah. these, this is not an evil organization. This is an organization formed by a very close bond of four people's friendship that just kind of happened to turn south with bullying. Five, actually. Five, If yes. you're not counting Penny, too. So, yeah, you're 100% right is, like, Again, it takes you for a loop because it, it seems so generic when you first get started, but then you beat that first, like, Team Star, like, little camp, and then you get the a year and a half ago, and it actually starts to yeah. tell you a little bit of a fucking story. You get a flashback, and I'm like, holy shit, Pokemon has never had a flashback story before, unless you count Arceus, but we're not talking about Arceus here. <laughs> no, and I I really feel like Arceus laid a lot of the groundwork. For oh, make a absolutely. For, they were, like, testing stuff to see, like, what do people really want? What do people like? In that vein, I want to discuss something else here about the good, and we can get back to the uh, third line of uh, side quests in a minute here. But I love the interactivity of Pokemon outside of Pokemon battles. And this goes back to the Team Star fights, where you have to throw a party of your first three Pokemon out, and you're not controlling them. You just say, go that way. And your Pokemon goes and does the work. 100%. We'll talk about that in a minute because that was really cool. Favorite feature. Fucking awesome. All right. Arvin's line. Now, 
I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, because technically you only have to do two of the five missions to get this information. But Arvin needs you to go after these, like, Titans, right? Now, the Titans are just huge versions of Pokemon. And just overgrown Pokemon. But the, so each one of those, number one, like, it's not just a generic, oh, beat this Pokemon, right? Like, there's actually a little bit of a challenge associated with beating each of those Pokemon, right? Well, for the first challenge is figuring out how to fight the damn thing. No kidding. No like, kidding. I remember the first one was uh, Clarf. I fucking love that Pokemon, by the way, the, the crab. Um, and, like, you had to, like, line everything up and figure out a sequence of, event, of events to fight the thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's and then once you actually get through it, you get the quote-unquote Herba Mystica, which I'm like, that's <laughs> just weed. You're talking about weed, my just guy. found the best weed hiding in this cave. <laughs> now, here, okay, so pseudo-spoiler, but not really because you figure it out so early. The reason why Arvin wants all of these five herbs, which are guarded by the five titans, are because his dog Pokemon, Mastabiff, is sick. Yeah, and god damn, for making a Pokemon look like a real animal, they fucking killed it with Mastaboff or whatever. Mastab- I don't Mast- remember. Yeah, Mastabiff, I think, but 100%. Like, that thing looks like a real dog, and it's sad as hell. <laughs> so, yeah, Arvin's trying to get these herbs, and the reason why I don't feel like that's a spoiler is, number one, it happened so early, but number two, the bigger spoiler is how he got hurt, mm. which I don't even think you know yet. I, I don't. Um, that's what's currently being alluded to. So, yeah, but, again, it's just, like, another really interesting mechanic to like another interesting storyline to this Pokemon game where it's been so like, I'm going to be the best. And then like no character development until finally I'm the best. (laughs) And then you did it. And then you do it. You do the thing. No, this there's just character development left and right in this game, depending on how you progress. It's so cool. It's, we have never seen that in a Pokemon game before. Nailed it. Killed it out of the park with it. You mentioned it earlier, and I forgot to talk about it, but Team Star also introduces good old Clive. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. The director trying to pose as a student joining this bully organization. It's like, yeah, so that's the whole shtick, and he's got, like, you can see his, like, glasses and eyebrows and beard, but he's got, like, this stupid fucking Johnny Bravo wig on. Yeah, <laughs> Straight up looks like Johnny Bravo. And whenever, like, you see each other, like, your character can go, Director Clavel? Yeah. And he's like, I told you. Stop calling me that. We've established it. Now use my code name. Until finally you beat the last team Starbase, and he's like, you're never going to guess this. But it is me. It is me. The director of the Academy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh, wow. Huh. Never saw that one coming. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. What's that? It's that fry quote. I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. <laughs> well, not that shocked. <laughs> now, you alluded to this. Next, I want to talk about some of the mechanics of this game. Here is my favorite thing about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. You do not ever have any unwarranted confrontations with Pokemon or trainers if you do not want them. Absolutely. It's no longer you make eye contact so somebody creepily approaches you. 
not even you make eye contact. You could be walking by while they're <laughs> looking at you, and they're, they're just like, you look like someone that wants to battle. I don't have any Pokemon, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still going to take your money. <laughs> so, number one, um, now they did introduce this in Arceus. Again, another Arceus idea. You never have to, and there's no random encounters at all with Pokemon ever. Like, no going through the grass, none of that. If you see a Pokemon, it's going to be in the overworld. And then you go interact with it if you want to have a battle. Not only it's that, that simple. it's going to look like it does. There are no longer any hidden shinies. There are overworld shinies. Now, I will say it's really sad in early game when you want need to battle Pokemon to level up your Pokemon, but some of them try and run away. Yeah, they try to get away. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going, LeChonk? <laughs> LeChonk. LeChonk. What, what's the evolution? It's like... The uh, pig thing? Yeah, it's oh, like God. cologne. It's it's like pig loan or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho, um, I, I did really like that mechanic. It was really, really sad when, you know, you throw your Pokemon out in the overworld and it just goes and fucks up every Pokemon in the area's shit. Oh, good Lord, it's so good for training. It's you can just so send your Pokemon good. out and you don't even have to direct it. It'll just go start battles and start... Yeah, you just go AFK and you just get left XP left and right. What a brilliant fucking genius idea. Love it. And then even further in that, you get items and rewards for beating those Pokemon, not only in battle, but in the overworld as well. 100%. Like, you'll get the Lechonk fur, or you'll get, like, a Psyduck Tuff or something like that. So that's actually interesting that you bring that up. So when you, whenever you battle a Pokemon, it'll drop an item. So what do you use those items for? Well, as you informed me, and you do find this out very early game as soon as you find the first Poke Center. You can use them for TM creation, move yeah. creation, so you can go grind out so X amount of Pokemon to build your perfect team with unlimited amounts of TMs. You know, it's really interesting, actually, that you bring up the whole TM deal because... So TMs have had a really interesting, like, evolution in the Pokemon franchise. Right? Yes, uh, and along with HMs and Correct. the dissolval of HMs. So TMs, originally it was, you can only use a TM one time, you have to find it somewhere in the overworld. And there's usually only one unless you want to go buy it. <laughs> Correct. In which case, you gotta go gamble to get another yeah. TM. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, OG you would have Pokemon? to play the slots until you could get the TM yeah. you wanted. 100%. So, and then at HMs, obviously, there were HM moves, which were fucking useless, but you had to teach your Pokemon so you could get into certain areas. So glad they did away with that. And I love all of the hidden jokes within the newer Pokemon games that are like, I wonder if there's a Pokemon that knows an HM around here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, there's no HMs in this region. Okay, so that evolved. Now, if you remember, it's only been the, like, I want to say the last two generations of Pokemon prior to Scarlet and Violet. It changed up to where you don't need HMs, and also TMs are not just one, one use anymore. Once you find a TM, you can use it as many times as you want to. Well, I found that boring, too, because it's like, I'm just going to have a Pokemon or a team with all of the Pokemon knowing basically the same moveset. Yeah, basically. At that point, you know, like Earthquake, Fire Blast, Thunder. Like. Yeah, all the strongest. You just use those over and over. Because why would I not? Tier. The way they do it in Scarlet and Violet is very different. So number one, you create TMs. You, you can, of course, still find them in the overworld, but you can find multiple copies of each one. But obviously, if you don't want to hunt the search the entire map for one move... Yeah, for Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah, you can now create TMs at the quote-unquote Pokemon Center. 
But the way you create TMs is you actually have to look at a TM, see what materials from Pokemon you need to create that TM, go get enough materials from that Pokemon, and then create the TM. Yeah, and that's where your Psyduck Tough and all your Pokemon fur come into play. And, like, the claws you can pick up from battling. Like, it's adding an actual RPG element to Pokemon, which has always been known as an RPG. But that has been so lacking And it seems like such an obvious thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't know if I necessarily, and we talked about this a little bit off the mics, but I don't know if we should necessarily be praising Game Freak for this revelation. Introducing (laughs) a very old RPG mechanic. The enemies drop items that can be useful for crafting? Revolutionary. We're going to revolutionize the gaming world. (laughs) We are... The definition of new RPG. 100%. No, you can't You can't credit Nintendo to that or Game Freak, but it is very cool that they have designed more depth to the game. And how about the fact no more unwanted battles with trainers? You have to walk up to a trainer and press A to initiate a battle. And you know that they're a trainer when they've got yellow text above their head instead yes. of the white. Yes. Amazing. It, and, like, it's so useful for areas you may not realize you've traversed before, but, like, you're not going to be able to battle them. And, like, you can see without talking to them that you don't have to battle them. 100%. Love that feature. I always thought it was a little weird that people would just come up to you and request to battle. Now, one mechanic that I didn't think I was going to like, but I became kind of fond of, picnicking. I, I really like it. I think yep. it, it simplifies the breeding process, first well, yes. and foremost, but also really adds incentive like what Sword and Shield did with their picnicking option, or like pitching a tent. I, or, what they it, pitching it. A tent. I don't think they called it pitching a tent, <laughs> but they, they did use some tent verbiage I, I know there. what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Pokemon pitching a tent. Goddamn. Goddamn. All right, so... Yeah, I thought that, like, you're 100% right that, number one, it really streamlined the breeding process, right? Um, but also the perks that you can get, because, like, everyone in this game is just fucking obsessed with sandwiches. Yeah. So you make really... all these sandwiches, with, but if you make a sandwich with different materials that you find, you can eat it and then get different benefits. Yeah, and, like, those benefits range from a wide variety of categories, like catch rate. So you will be able to catch... X type of Pokemon much easier or like egg egg find you'll be more likely to get an egg in your picnic basket or Mm -hmm. even like XP boosts like you'll get more XP from beating fairy type Pokemon and I guess they just didn't make it all of that much of a hassle right because like I remember I was listening to Wolf Den one of that YouTuber who's big on Nintendo stuff talk about how Pokemon if you think about it has always been a game about the menu system and other, where what he meant by that is you gotta go through the menus to do all different kinds of shit like yes. heal your Pokemon doing all this shit you just have to go to your menu and press the hey I wanna set up a picnic button and it sets it up it's really simple yeah and then I really, I really like that you're not forced into a menu like you walk around your picnic table and interact with different parts of the picnic table to, to initiate the... whatever you're doing. Like, 100% you go behind the picnic table to find the eggs, or you'll stand in front of the picnic table to make a sandwich. And, of course, like, your entire team of Pokemon can be out while you're having a picnic. You can go up to each one and interact with you it. You can totally exclude one Pokemon out of your party and put it back in your ball while the rest of them enjoy the sandwich. Oh, that's mean. 
it is mean, but you can do it. <laughs> it really is. Uh... Uh, technically, this has always been in a Pokemon game through the fly mechanic, but just the fast traveling is really nice. Yes. Without having to teach fly to a member of your fucking <laughs> team. Or even really have a ride Pokemon to fast travel. Yeah, it's all... And you know what? Uh, this goes back a little bit to the stories, but I really like like whether... For me, I play Pokemon Scarlet, so I have Coridon. But with Arvin's storyline you get a new ability for Coridon with every Titan that you beat, making it easier to traverse. Yes, yes. Um, and the traversal, the traversion on the ride Pokemon is really broken. I don't know if you know this, but you can scale any mountain. With if the you, back jump. Yeah, if you jump backwards. I have seen that, yes. Oh, it's so useful. Yeah. It's the most, I hope they never fix that. Because mm -hmm. it's so useful. So those are some of my favorite new mechanics. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I, in the last vein of the good type uh i want to talk about the pokemon like the yes. new pokemon i think this is the most creative widespread versatile new pokemon added to a new pokemon game ever i 100 percent agree like, i loved every they killed it not just with new pokemon but with all the old... So they have like 100 new Pokemon to 300 old Pokemon, right? Yeah, uh, Give or take. Like. Yeah, it's about a 400 Pokedex. The, the, first of all, the selection of older Pokemon that they chose to this game. Beautiful selection. Perfect. No Geodudes or Zubats in sight. <laughs> no Geodudes or Zubats in sight to knock your ass down. Nope. But what they did pick, like just from the older games, was very good versatile, like, diverse. They actually gave Dunsparce a fucking evolution! They gave Dunsparce an evolution, so now there's probably a lot of people who love Dunsparce. Oh my god, fucking Dunsparce. But just the placement of Pokemon, new and old, was really good. Like, the very first starting area, you'll find Pichu, you'll find Psyduck, you'll find Magikarp. It was to the point where I was, like, surprised when I found a Pokemon, right? I'm like, wow, they're really giving this to you. Yeah, yeah, like, the most unique of Pokemon are, are right there, and the best Pokemon has to offer. But now let's get into the new ones a little bit. And, sure. like, obviously, I love Lechonk, for who namesake. Who doesn't love Lechonk? But then you got, you got other really funny Pokemon, like Clarf. The, the ground Fucking crab. Clarf. That made me laugh so hard when I saw Clarf. <laughs> But, like, then they even branched out other Pokemon families, like um, Oranguru, and um, I don't remember Oranguru's uh, counterpart, but now they've got Pessimian that... Pessimian or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Pessimian, I think is what it is. But now they have that little uh, painter monkey. It's like an eye-eye yeah. is what the actual species of animal is. Uh-huh. And, like, that's a new counterpart for that family. And I, I love how Pokemon, they're not necessarily giving evolutions to other Pokemon like uh, Thrall and Swak, <laughs> mm. but they're expanding that family. 100%. Love it. So, you know, like I said, I've already completed the Pokedex because I'm fucking awesome. But what has been your favorite new Pokemon so far? Um, I really, it's, it's not my new favorite Pokemon yet, but I have really high hopes for Gimme Ghoul. I love what Gimme Ghoul yes. represents, but my favorite in this new series has to be Charcadet. Charcadet. Charcadet yes. is so cool, and like the evolution in Scarlet is so badass. Armourouge, yes. <laughs> in Violet, in Violet, Armourouge's is pretty. Be, we have Armourouge in Scarlet. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, there's a bunch of returning ones, and like, I can't wait to build a team that has like the evolution of Gimme Ghoul. I'm gonna have a fucking Corviknight. Obviously, I'm gonna have Dope Cat as my starter. And then, like, that Char Cadet, I don't know what the third evolution you said earlier, but it is gonna be a cool looking team. Yeah, it's you, just so good. I. I don't have enough to say uh, that we don't have enough time for me to be able to say everything I want to say. Right. Great selection of the old. Amazing new designs for the new. Not over designed. Still fun. Yeah. Creative. That that's the term I would reiterate <laughs> is not over designed. And you know what? Um beyond uh Coridon, and I keep forgetting, what's your version of Coridon? Uh in the game it's like Maridon. Yeah. On top of that, there's four legendary Pokemon. Outside that you never see that you have to go catch. If you ever see the stakes, have you found one of the stakes yet? Yes, I've been pulling stakes left are, and right. That's what those are for. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I pulled like 15 of them, and I'm nowhere close to the end game or anything, and I've just been wondering what that was. I completely forgot about that aspect of this game. That's what those are for, because I was like, what the fuck are these when yeah. I first found them, too? I, I almost left them alone, but then I was like, ah, no, this is probably going to be important later. I should pull as many of these as I can. Good move. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, there's four different gates where you find these Pokemon. Each of those have eight different stakes, so... Okay. There's 32 of those in the map that you have to find, but... Interesting. Like, even for the legendary Pokemon, like, I feel like the other thing that they did that was really great is, like, trying to mix up typing. Like, for example, there's a fish for one of those legendaries, and it's a fish. It swims. It's a dark fire type. Huh. Weird. Well... Clarf, back to that fucking weird Pokemon. Clarf. Such a weird type advantage. I kept throwing, like, um, electric moves at it, and it's just a rock type. Yeah. Like, the the looks are very deceiving in this game, and I find that fascinating. I do, too, because it's like you would... I could see people making the argument that that could be a little frustrating, because it's like, it looks like a water type. Why no water type? (laughs) Why can't I electric this? But I'm like, okay, well, number one, one thing that you people were complaining about is that, you know, you used to have to have real knowledge of Pokemon to be able to play this effectively, and now they tell you if a move is super effective or not very effective. They tell you this, that, or the other thing. Like, this is your opportunity to really be able to use Pokemon knowledge again. Yeah. Like, oh, I know Cloth looks like a water type, but he's really blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to be smart and use, you know, a grass type on it mm-hmm. or use a water type on it. And, like, this... Pseudo-Wudo was the same way. I can't tell you how many times in old Pokemon games I kept trying to hit Pseudo-Wudo with fire. Yeah. It did not work. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you're just why Why the bush not turn on fire? You're why you... green. You have leaves. You're a tree. You're why a tree. are you lighting on fire? <laughs> oh, you're a rock. <laughs> Who the fuck? But no, and I love that. That's so much depth. And, I mean, Pokemon already has a water-type crab. They have Krabby and Kingler. Exactly. So, but that's not the only type of crab in the world. There are literally mud crabs that will never see water. Like, they right. live on land and nowhere near water. So, yeah, I just, with the Pokemon, they did such a damn good job. I can't praise the creativity and what they did with the new Pokemon enough. It was incredible. So, I'm trying to think, is there any more good you want to talk about before we move on to the bad? I mean, I, I have so much more good to talk about. Like, this game is full of good, but we don't have the time for that. So, let's move into the bad. I only have two things. Do you have anything? 
I, I have one thing, and I, it might line up closely with you. So go ahead and give me your first. Okay, number one. Clothes. They literally took away functionality for being able to, like, customize the way your character looks as opposed to Sword and Shield. Yes, okay, I, I agree with that. And that was something I was hoping would get better because I go town to town and I look through the shops, but you get 15 variants of the exact same shoe or, like, the exact same shirt. When you used to get, like, six or seven variants of, like, 20 different shirts. Right. Pokemon Sword and Shield did that perfectly. The yes. way you could customize your character was so good. And they removed some of that functionality yeah. from this game. And I'm like, why? Why? There's no point to that. Like, skins equal wins. And skins I don't, equals wins! I don't want to run through this entire game looking like the dude from Red and Blue who's like, I like shorts. Do you like shorts? Let's do battle. Yeah. And they make it they make it even more insulting because like you can get the hat, the gloves, and the shoes, but then it completely clashes against this outfit you're being forced to wear. Yeah. Yeah. It is it needs more work. It wasn't well implemented and really seemed like an afterthought. But I mean, come on. We want to dress up our, our players and make them look like how we want. If they took the entire catalog of clothes from Sword and Shield and literally just copy and pasted it into Scarlet and Violet. I would have had a criticism about that, but at least I would have been like, okay. At least we got variation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't have straight-cut t-shirt in X amount of colors, Yep, and that's it. <laughs> All right, and the final complaint, I think you and I agree, terrestrializing. Terrestrializing, which I think is how it's said. It's crystallizing. Terrestrializing? Well, it's, about the... it's like a terrestrial mixed in with crystallizing because it's it's basically a hat you put on your Pokemon and then your Pokemon turns into a crystal. And the whole shtick is that the Pokemon doesn't necessarily become more powerful. No. It changes its typing. Or emphasizes its natural typing. Right. Which... I don't know. It's kind of interesting. The way the... Me- Not the hat. The hat's fucking stupid. No, the hat is stupid. The mechanic itself of changing a typing, I find intriguing. I think it mixes it up, but also really fucks with the competitive side of things. Because, yeah. like, I'm going to turn my cloister into an electric type. Yeah. Well, that... That just, like, fucks up your your opponent's entire strategy, which can be good, but also seems unnecessary. Yeah, I totally agree. Not to mention, when you get to that higher level of playing Pokemon 2, like, when your Pokemon are all, like, level 50-ish, like, at, at that point, type advantage doesn't come in handy nearly as much as it used to because you have other moves that could fuck up something, you know, like... My Annihilate, which, by the way, Primeape's <laughs> yes. evolution, my favorite new Pokemon yes. introduced to the game. I, like, I can't tell you how many times I threw that bad boy out to a type disadvantage. Like, it's a fighting type. I threw it out against a flying type. I just used close combat, yeah. and boom, fucker's dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And I... I And it's, it's very unuseful for me because I am using an electric type that knows some fighting moves but this Pokemon also knows dig and it's like what I use it for most I put you know the electric hat on its head it doesn't do shit for me Mm -hmm. like I just wasted the one terrestrializing use that I have until I go visit another Poke Center 100% and like I think if they wanted to do terrestrializing in this capacity they should have treated it like Z moves where it was 
like one usage per per match, not going to the Poke Center, but also it actually had substance behind it. Like you would have wicked powerful moves and incentive to use it. Mm-hmm. With terrestrializing, I've just kind of been arbitrarily throwing it out when I can. Like yeah, it hasn't right. helped, it hasn't hurt. But just it's it's just there. It's no Mega Evolution. No, it's no Mega Evolution. Oh, my God. Bring back Mega Evolutions. That was so cool. 100%. Z moves were even cool. I loved the Z moves. Uh, I could give or take Z moves. Yeah, I didn't like Dynamaxing. But, I mean, because it, it wasn't real. P- <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> but, no, that that was a swing and a miss for, for Game Freak. Yeah, I mean, I gotta give it to them. I know they tried. Actually, I don't gotta give it to them. I don't know if they tried. No, like we don't know if this was an afterthought or if they're like, we need a new gimmick. What can we throw at a wall that will stick? Just bring back Mega Evolution. It's Just, so easy. You, yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every new Pokemon game. Reintroduce aspects that players really like. No, in fact, reinvent, reinventing the wheel can be harmful because most of us can see right through it. Like, have, have you seen the fire hat that you put on? It's just a fucking chandelier okay, that you put on your fire types. I will say, though, I do like the ghost hat. The ghost hat is pretty cool. Like, some of the hats are cool, but, like, aesthetically, 90% of them look like dog shit. True. <laughs> like, electric type puts on a light bulb? <laughs> yeah, that's Like, fun. what? Ugh. All no, right. That was bad. Here's the thing. I feel like... When I'm talking about a game like Breath of the Wild, when I'm talking about what I don't like about the game, I get to the point where it's like my complaints feel so moot because of how much I love everything else. Yes, like the attire complaint, total afterthought, total not taking away points from this game. But not ruining my experience. Yeah, it's not ruining your experience. It's just it'd be nice to have more choice. Terrestrializing, I mean, it's almost as if there wasn't even a gimmick at all. Because I literally used it maybe five times. Yeah. And, like, if it is a gimmick, the new Pokemon shtick, and you don't have to use it, and it doesn't affect your gameplay, not going to take a lot of points away from this game for it. Yeah. Okay, I got one more bad, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Did you know you can go to the academy and take classes? Oh, I was wondering if we were going to bring this up. What the fuck does that do? It's. I think it's a tutorial system. Like you might be right. It it teaches basic players type advantage. It teaches them like currency exchange. Like there was one stupid trick question. Like you have five hundred dollars and you can buy ten pokeballs. Do you get ten pokeballs? No, you get eleven pokeballs because they give you a fucking free one. Yeah, and now you look like an idiot in the middle of the class. Everyone's laughing at you, and you go join Penny because you're being bullied. And you're just there like, I'm getting a promotional ball that doesn't count? Fuck you, teacher. (laughs) I, I like and appreciate what it does. I really hope there's no incentive, like there's no reward that you're going to wish you had gotten for going to all of these classes. I don't think there is. It's so annoying. I I toughed it out for like the first part of the Academy experience, and I did all three variants of the first three classes. But then I beat a gym, and I got like six new classes that popped up. Then I beat a Team Starbase, and I had four more new classes pop up. And I'm like, I am never going to go back and take these fucking classes. It is a waste of time. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to take a biology class. I'm I'm playing Pokemon to get away from school. Right? (laughs) Like, you 
sent me away from this school to go find my treasure, and now you want me to take classes? Correct. Ugh. I mean, I get it. You know, you are a school student, and you are attending a school, so they have to add some depth to that, and it is really nice that that can provide very useful early game information to new players. 100%. But I still think it's dumb. (laughs) So, to summarize what we have talked about today, we think that there is a fantastic fucking Pokemon game within Violet Scarlet. Sure, there's a couple of bad mechanics, but it's not enough to take away from the immersion. However, the bugs, frame rate drops, and glitches certainly are. They're... You can't look past them. No. Like, they... Again, it doesn't necessarily take much away from the game, but definitely does break the immersion, and you will always notice it. And I mean... If you could ignore it, I'd be a lot more lenient with this. Let me ask you, and I asked you the same question when we were talking about Cyberpunk. What has been your favorite glitch so far? It's basically been anything associated with riding your, your ride Pokemon. Because, like, there's people who will T-pose on the ride Pokemon. I've seen players have their eyes, like, bug out cartoon style. Yeah. I, I've seen Wicked spinning out. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the craziest I've seen, though. I was spinning out, so I had an interaction where I was about to enter a gym and Nimona showed up. Because she's just always there. She's just one step ahead. She was T-posing and spinning in a circle really fast (laughs) while she was talking to me. (laughs) It was fucking wild. These kinds of things happen. And, like, you see them all over the internet, and you're like, no, my game's not going to experience that. And then you experience ten different variants of exactly that. the first 20 minutes, you're like, what the fuck? What? Who programmed this? And why were they so high on cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just got to go really fast. So the world right now is so divided on how they feel about Violet and Scarlet. On one hand, great Pokemon game. On the other, there's a lot of people that just can't see past the glaring issues, right? But it is time for us to give this game a rating. So, Zar, knowing everything you know, seeing everything you've seen, with what you've played, what would you give this game for a rating? I Just so far. So far, I can't give it anything higher than an 8.5. Okay. Um, 8.5 is fantastic, great game, and it really sucks to say that because I have rated Pokemon games higher, and I would still claim that Violet and Scarlet is my favorite mainline Pokemon game to date. Right. But the amount of fixes it has and, like, seemingly quick fixes like stuff that wouldn't take a ton of effort but i wouldn't know because i'm not a programmer i it, there's too much there like yes they don't take a lot of points away but with how many glitches bugs and problems there are in this game every tick counts mm. and i gotta give it an 8.5 i was gonna go with an 8.1 mm, okay okay a lot of the same reasons um I think where some Pokemon games fall really short is blandness. Yes. Um, Forgettable characters, not a lack of story. You cannot count those against this Pokemon game. Because no. they really actually did try. That is this game's strength, which mm-hmm. I never thought I would see for a Pokemon game. Um, but nonetheless, you know, 
the glaring issues with the uh, glitches, it's just like, it's so clear to me that they released an unfinished game. Mm-hmm. And I don't, no matter how close it is to being done, at that point, like, you're just making more of a case of, just fucking finish it. Yeah, just put in the work, finish it. I know there's deadlines. I know Nintendo wanted to release their monetary, like, their physical products for this game. But come on, like, don't, don't short stick players like this. And in fact, I'm going to there has been a couple issues where, like, I got mad because of a glitch. Like, I've seen Pokemon that I want to catch that just all of a sudden disappear from existence. Yep. They just when I despawn. approach them, you know, or, or or you go approach a Pokemon on the side of a cliff, it gets scared of you and runs off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> or or here's one. Have you ever seen like a Pokemon that's stuck within a rock? Yes, and you can't, you can't reach it, catch it. Oh, but you're like, I want that, but you I can see its tail. I know you're new. You need to fill my decks, but I can't get but you. you. Can't. Yes, I'm like, okay, so there are some instances yes. where. It gets in the way of playing the game. Yes. There's not a lot of game-breaking instances, but there are a lot of instances. Mm. All right. Do you, how do you feel, do you feel like our rating is like how most other people who have actually tried this game feel? I think it is. Um, I think had they fixed all of the issues we talked about previously in this episode, this game would be damn near perfect. Like, this game would be on par with, like, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Damn right. But Breath of the Wild had the polish, it had the time taken to it, and it had the care added. Not saying that this game doesn't have care and polish. It just needs more. I think it needs the polish. I'll say <laughs> it needs the polish. It's good old spit shine. Yeah. All right. Nonetheless, uh, I, I'm very excited. I'm happy I played this game. It was a pleasure to 100% complete. Yes, you Ta- did. You completed the Pokedex. I don't think you mentioned that. Completed the Pokedex, 100% of the pre-game, post-game. Like, I've done it all. Now there's only... The only thing left to do is Shiny Hunt. Yeah, Shiny Hunt. All right. Well, next week we are talking about the Game Awards, and that's going to be another long guy. So I think we need to get out of here. Are you feeling good about our review? I am. I think we've left it all on the table. I think there's a lot of good consensus there, and I think we have given this game its fair shakes. I agree. All right. With that being said, let us know how you feel about the game on social media. Yell at us why we're wrong. Yell at us why we're right. And in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.